Our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey only. Do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Amen. Amen. I want to preach as you shall pray for and with me from the topic, Don't Go Back. Don't go back. Lord, bless your word. Anoint, touch, strengthen your words, my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't go back. There's nothing quite like the experience and feeling of progress. If you've ever experienced progress in any area of your life, then you can testify there's nothing quite like the experience of progress. Whether it's progress concerning your New Year's resolution or progress concerning resisting temptation. There's nothing quite like the experience of progress. Whether it's progress in reducing and or eliminating debt, or progress in becoming more knowledgeable and obedient concerning the word of God, there's nothing quite like the experience of progress. Whether it's progress concerning taming your tongue, managing your mouth, weighing our words, or losing excess inches and pounds. There's nothing quite like the experience of progress. Whether it's progress concerning our ability and capacity to embrace change, or progress concerning forgiving people who have wronged you in life, there's nothing like the experience of progress. Whether it's progress concerning your ability to celebrate what God does in the lives of other people, or progress concerning our refusal to make excuses, there's nothing quite like the experience of progress. If you've ever experienced progress, whether major or minuscule, there's nothing quite like the experience, feeling, and satisfaction of progress. 
According to this Old Testament text, the people of Israel are experiencing significant progress on their spiritual journey. Since the major miracle of the Red Sea, the people of Israel have experienced significant, significant progress on their journey towards the land of Canaan. Despite setbacks, challenges, distractions, doubts, dangers, toils, and snares, the people of Israel are now at the edge of the land of Canaan. For those of us who know Old Testament history, Canaan is the place of destiny. And now that God has been their help in ages past, their hope for years to come, their pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. Israel is now at the edge of the land of Canaan. As they have made their way to the land of Canaan, Moses has demonstrated the wisdom and sanctified gumption to dispatch 12 spies to explore the land of Canaan. As these 12 spies spend 40 days and 40 nights in the land of Canaan, they make their way back to the camp right outside of Canaan with a mixed review concerning their exploration. According to the text in Numbers chapter 13, we discover that the majority of the spies discourage and dissuade Israel from moving forward into the land of Canaan. Yet a man by the name of Joshua and his colleague Caleb have a minority report that encourages the people of God to move forward, don't go back, and possess the land that God has promised them. According to the text, the people of Israel are confronted with a major dilemma. According to the ten spies, they are grasshoppers in their own sight. The inhabitants of Canaan are giants. Therefore, they ought to pack up their bags and make their way back to Egypt. But according to Joshua and Caleb, they have the ability, the promise, the wherewithal to move forward. Therefore, they ought not go back, but they ought to press forward. Despite the minority report of faith, the people of God want to go back. Can I preach this word on this Sunday morning? They have made progress. God has protected them. God has kept them. God has been their sustainer, their keeper. God has been their help. God has been their all-sufficient God. Yet despite how far they've come, the text says in verses 10, verses 1 through 9, as they have made their way to the edge of Canaan, the people of God don't want to go forward, but want to go back. 
And church, as we have come to celebrate who we are and whose we are as people of African descent, I hate to say it, in 2021, they are still people who have been blessed by God, overcome obstacles, seen a black man in the White House, seen a black woman as the vice president, who still have the nerve, the audacity, not to want to press forward to see what God can do. But they are those even in our midst who are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit, who don't want to press forward, but who want to go back. And I preach this message to encourage every man and woman who will hear this message not to yield to the temptation to go back. And if we're honest with ourselves on this Sunday morning, we are tempted each and every day not to keep our foot on the accelerator, but to stop, stand still, pack up our bags, and go backwards. Yet God has sent me on a preaching assignment here at the place where I'm privileged to pastor to discourage everybody from looking back and going back. If you drive a car, you don't drive a car looking in the rear view mirror. You glance at the side, you glance in the back, you glance in the rear, but in order to drive the car and arrive at your destination, you gotta look forward and keep your foot on the gas. Yet despite how God has been good to us, there are those even in our midst right now who have been blessed, seen God work, seen God do the miraculous, who are yielding to the temptation to go backwards. We are full citizens in America. Why go back to acting like three-fifths of a person? We have seen the light why go back into darkness? You have experienced love, joy, happiness, and peace. Why go back into mess, misery, drama, and wretchedness? We've experienced the unconditional, gracious, providential love of Almighty God. Why go back into the traps and torments of the devil? You got real friends who cheer for you whether you win or lose. Why go back to hanging around crabs in a barrel and fake friends who are nothing more than wolves in sheep's clothing? Black is beautiful. Whether it's chocolate or white chocolate. Let me preach this word on today. Why settle for silly superficial talk about you pretty for a dark-skinned sister or he got good hair or she got good hair or you are pretty for a black man? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. We have seen black excellence all around us. Why settle for believing that white ice is colder than black ice? 
You have seen God do the miraculous. You have walked through doors your mama and daddy couldn't walk through. You are living in places they couldn't live. You got degrees that your grandmama and grandfather could not earn. You have labored. You are standing on the shoulders of our mothers and fathers. Why have low aim and low self-esteem and sabotage what God wants to do for you right now? If God has been good and you know he has been good, you ought to look back to see where God has brought you from, but we ought never go back. Preach Pastor White. Yet according to this text, they are those in the crowd, influenced, led astray, bamboozled, run amok, who are wanting to stone Joshua and Caleb. Y'all ain't talking to me. Wanting to stone Moses and Aaron because Moses and Aaron have the audacity to believe the word of God and to claim their destiny as people of God. And I raised this question on this Sunday morning. How do we resist the temptation to go back? And I'm not preaching this just to black folk in America. I'm preaching this to every family who is tempted to go back, every sister who is tempted to go back, every brother who is tempted to go back. This is not just a collective sermon. This sermon is for congregations. This family is for family units. This family is for individuals because we all, whether we realize it or not, are tempted on a daily basis with the temptation dangled in front of us by the devil to go back when we ought to be going forward. We resist the temptation to go back, Watch Chapel, when you and I learn to fight our fears. We resist the temptation to go backwards when we learn to fight our fears. I don't know what psychologist said it, Reverend Robinson, but we are either motivated by love or we are motivated by fear. If we would be honest with ourselves on this Sunday morning and look at the decisions and choices we are making and have made in life, in most cases, 99.9% .9 of the time, we were motivated by love or we were motivated by fear. According to this text, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, Caleb are motivated by love for God and claiming the promises of God. But the ten spies who are the majority opinion are not motivated by love, but rather they are motivated by fear. We don't have enough money. We don't have the ability or capacity. I don't have the wherewithal. If I had what he had, I could do it. If we had what they had, we could do it. We are sometimes our worst enemies because instead of being motivated by love and our capacity to believe God, we are motivated by fear. What if it doesn't work? What if I lose my job? What if 
he leaves me? What if she don't like me no more? What if they let me go? What if things don't work out? Let me raise the question on this Sunday morning. What if it does work? What if he does love you? What if the door does open? What if God does what God said God is going to do? What if God blows your mind? What if the windows of heaven open? What if God provides for all of your needs? What if God works things together for your good? Y'all ain't talking to me on this Sunday morning. What if you can do all things but fail? What if God does the miraculous? What if God keeps you? What if you get the job? What if you get the scholarship? What if the door opens? What if God does the amazing, the astounding? What if God heals? What if God says yes? In many cases, we are raising the wrong question. What if? Well, what if God does? Fight your fears. Church, we fight our fears not by thinking the worst can happen, but we fight our fears claiming the promises of Almighty God. Last week, I believe this time, Brother Bennett, Fred K. Price passed from labor to reward. And Regardless of what you think about his theology, if I didn't learn anything from Fred K. Price, I learned to claim the promises of Almighty God. Say what you want to say about Fred K. Price. Fred K. Price was a man of faith. Built the faith dome in the hood. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because he believed that God would do what God said God was going to do. What if you and I fought our fears with faith? And believe the word of God in such a way. Where could we be if we fought our fears with faith? I'm raising the question this morning. Because if we're going to resist the temptation to go back, we need to fight our fears. But not just fight your fears. Can I tell you something else? If we're going to resist the temptation to go backwards, we have to fight our fears, but we have to be honest about history. Israel is in the wilderness. They are on the edge of Canaan. But now, because they have become scary, Israel says, let's stone Moses, this preacher who wants to lead us forward. And let's not just kill him, but let's go back to Egypt. Now, if we know anything about the Old Testament and know anything about the history and chronology of God's people in Egypt, we know that Egypt was not friendly to the people of God. During their 400 year stay in Egypt, Israel experienced hell and high water. Pharaoh was not favorable towards the people of God. Pharaoh made them build, Pharaoh enslaved them, Pharaoh oppressed them, Pharaoh made them build bricks with no straw. Pharaoh fed them, 
but they had to pay a price. And now, because they have forgotten where they've come from, because they are dishonest about history, they want to go back. And let me help some black folk in these United States of America. We can romanticize the past all we want. We can be sentimental all we want. We can try to romanticize history all we want. But I dare all of us on this Sunday morning to be honest about history. If we are honest about history, we will resist the temptation to go back. Yes, there were some blessings in segregation. Yes, you had teachers that invested in our children. Yes, our people went to historically black colleges and universities. Yes, our mothers and fathers met one another. We lived in the same communities. We had black doctors, black pharmacologists. We had black institutions. Yes, those were true. But what about Black Wall Street in Tulsa that they burned down? What about black men that were lynched in these United States of America? What about black women that were raped in these United States of America? What about black institutions down in Wilmington, North Carolina? The same riot that took place in Tulsa took place in Wilmington, North Carolina. What about institutions that were killed, destroyed because of our history? If we're going to talk about history, let's not romanticize it. Let's Let's be honest about history. I thank God for every step of progress that black folk have made in America. But I ain't going back. And if we are honest about history, we don't want to go back. Yes, we ought to invest in Shaw. We ought to invest in St. Og. Yes, we need more black lawyers. We need more black doctors. We need more black institutions. But I'd be doggone if I'm trying to go back where there were poll taxes for me to vote, where I could not read because it was illegal for me to read, where it was illegal for a black man to own property. You come back to North Carolina driving a Cadillac if you want to. You may not wake it back to D.C. or Delaware. You come back looking too good, talking too articulate if you want to. You got a pretty black woman on your arm if you want to. You may not wake up the next day. What about Emmett Till? What about four black girls in Birmingham? Let's be honest about history. I ain't going back. So I'm fighting my fears. Ain't going back. Because I'm honest about history. Egypt ain't been my friend. I ain't going back. Because I'm fighting my fears. I ain't going back because I'm honest about history. But I ain't going back. Because I'm partnering with the promise keeper. I got to go to my seat right now and run across the field. But if you read this text and know something about the Old Testament, the land of Canaan was promised to the people of God. And Joshua and Caleb have the audacity to remember the promise 
But more significantly, they are willing to partner with the promise keeper. God is not just a promise giver, but God can keep the promise that God has made. If God makes the promise, God will bring the promise to pass. I know it's a cliche, but if God said it, God can do it. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And if you know something about this text, the text is a cautionary tale for those of us who want to go back. And the tale is a reward for those of us who are willing to walk and partner with the promise keeper. Those who don't believe God died in the wilderness. But a man by the name of Joshua and a man by the name of Caleb were willing to partner with the promise keeper. It took 38 years down the road, but the same two men who had the audacity to believe God then walked into the land of Canaan down the road. It didn't happen yesterday. It may not happen next week. It may not happen next year. It may be 10 years, but if you are willing to partner with the promise keeper, God will do what God said God is going to do. Do I have a witness on this Sunday morning? Does anybody have some blessings that have been bestowed in your life because you were willing to partner with the promise keeper? Anybody got peace in your life? Got joy in your life? You've seen the windows of heaven open. You ain't bitter but got joy. You got peace that passeth all understanding. You've seen God do the miraculous and amazing. God has said yes to your life. You've experienced the favor of God because you've partnered with the promise keeper. I'm encouraging somebody not to go back, but keep on pressing. Keep on believing. Can I go old school on this Sunday morning? I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I said I'm pressing on the upward way. Don't go back. Look back to see where God's brought you from. God's been too good for us to go back. God has brought you out of some stuff. Don't go back into it. Oh, how many of us ever prayed a prayer? Lord, if you get me out of this. Anybody ever pray that one? Lord, if you get me out of this. Lord, if you... Get me out of this. God answered that prayer. How many prayed it more than one time? Come on, I'm talking to the real people on Sunday morning. I, I need the real saints to say, you talking good, P-Dub.
Once God does it, let's not go back. You don't see the light. Why go back into darkness? You've been delivered and set free. Why go back into addiction? You've been healed. Why go back into sickness? You got peace and joy. Why go back into drama? You at the edge of Canaan right now, my sister, my brother. We're going to nudge you in. You need a church home. You need a savior. We extend this invitation to you, my sister, my brother, to accept Jesus as your savior and your Lord. We extend this invitation to you, my sister, my brother, for you to become a member of the Watch Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. Go to the Contact Us tab and become a member of Watch Chapel. You are going to be one. I think we had like, how many folk we have in, in January, Sam? 20, 20, 8, 20. Amen. All right, so we're looking for another 230. Amen. Amen. Come on. We believe in God for souls. We believe in God. God can do the miraculous in the midst of a pandemic. We praying for folk who ain't saved. We praying for folk who don't have a church home. All of us got some folk in our lives who ain't saved. Or they, if they are saved, they are not connected to a church. Our job is to pray God will work. That's what it means to partner with the promise keeper. You, can, you just pray for them. Put that picture on your refrigerator. Every time you walk by it, pray for them. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. We receive you with the love of God. We'll see you on Wednesday night. Stay tuned for the announcements, the pastoral briefs. May God bless you real good. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us until we shall meet again. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, don't go back. Amen.